The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Viva Las Vegas. Viva the NFL Draft. It did not disappoint on day one. Day two has a tough act to follow. But I believe, based on the storylines, based on the names still on the board, based on the questions yet to be answered, the positions yet to be addressed, I believe day two, and for that matter, day three, will be up to the task. What's good? Brother from another, Michael Smith, Michael Holly. You What's already up? know what it is. You know what we're yeah. at. We're in Vegas at the NFL Fan mm. Experience, not far from the Draft Theater. Uh, day two, round two and three, right around the corner. I initially... Hated the splitting up of the draft into three days as opposed to just the two days that I grew up on. So I was like, man, let's just let's just get, let's get it with over it. With. But yeah. I kind of like it. It builds the anticipation. It feels like it's starting all over again tonight. Lots of quarterbacks still to be picked after Kenny Pickett was the only guy to go number one to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He got to stay home. That was a big storyline. But lots of quarterbacks sure to dominate the conversation tonight. But the dominant position this offseason has, of course, been wide receivers. That didn't change on round one of the draft with six receivers going in the top 20, two veteran receivers being traded. Both of them happen to share the last name Brown. Hmm. First up, the Eagles shook up the draft, shook up the league by acquiring A.J. Brown from the Tennessee Titans. They did a great job. Man, what's happening, man? Hey, let's do it, man. Boy, boy, boy. Say no more. The the trade was contingent on us getting an extension. Um, so it was something we were working on during the course of the draft. And um, we were just kind of trying to balance um, finishing that. And if we didn't finish that, making sure we also got the right players. Um, but it didn't matter there were shoes on the board, you know, for us. Um, A.J. Brown wa- was somebody that um, we'd studied coming out and uh, spent a lot of time on, and we had a lot of love for A.J. Brown in that draft. Um, obviously, you know, things went a different way in that draft, but I'm really excited to get him um, just in terms of uh, how Coach can use him and his vision for A.J. Brown in this offense and uh, how he complements the other guys that we have here. And um, as you guys may or may not know, his relationship with our quarterback, um, you know, all all exciting things. and. I'm looking forward to getting him into Philadelphia. The decision we made today um, was a it was a tough one. Um, you know, really appreciate what AJ has done here for our football team on the field, uh, in the community, um, and we had discussions back and forth, and I really realized we got to a spot where it's going to be hard to kind of get a deal done, um, and the trade thing kind of manifested itself from them and. All right, first and foremost, what a night for Philadelphia sports. Yes, great job. Uh, Between the Sixers closing out the Raptors. Shocking. That's maybe the biggest shocker of them all. (laughs) They actually won that game in a blowout. Wow. Going away, and the Eagles nailing the first round. 
Yeah. Trading up to get Jordan Davis out of Georgia, then trading for A.J. Brown for a first and third. Yeah. I mean, they, they got it for cheap. Now they gave him yeah. $100 million in a contract extension, but a first and third is nothing for, for A.J. Brown. But let me ask it to you this way. What, which, which side is more interesting to you when it comes to this trade, the Titans' perspective or the Eagles' perspective? Because I know how you feel about the Titans as an organization. Yeah, I love That's the Titans. why I asked you that. You know I love the Titans. Um, but the Eagles, the Eagles' perspective is exciting because they decided to just go all in. They decided to go in twice. I, I know we're going to talk about A.J. Brown, but I just wanted to just say, training up for Jordan Davis it's also a great move. Awesome. Getting Jordan Davis. Yeah. So he was a, an intriguing player in the draft. That was a good move. And he still had their two first rounders and next then, year. Didn't touch yeah, those. Right. And then you go out and you get a, a receiver who is slightly older than some of these prospects. 24 uh, in years this draft. old. 24 years old has yeah. already established himself Absolutely. as a terrific player in the league. It's a position that you need. It's a position that a lot of people predicted that the Eagles would use a draft pick on. I saw a lot of you know, hey, And they did. Maybe, they, they, they did. A.J. Brown they with did, 18th pick in the draft. That's great. That's a win. So <laughs> I like what they've done. They've surrounded Jalen Hurts with a lot of good prospects. You know, you got A.J. Brown. You also already had Devontae Smith from last year. Pretty good. So let's talk about that already have Devontae Smith from last year. And we'll get to the Marquise Brown trade to yep. the Cardinals in a moment, but I'm going to connect those two briefly to just identify the new wave. And, and, and I guess I'm late to the party. I'm, you're probably like, oh, duh, everybody knows that. But right. I think these transactions yesterday underscore this. Not only do you need a, an elite or at minimum capable quarterback to right. contend, Gone are the days where you had one dominant wide receiver and just a complimentary guy. You need two ones. And most teams right now are putting two ones on the outside right. to support their quarterback. Like, you can't have a jag on the other side. You need a jag. Not just a guy. You need just as good yeah, on right. the other side. I mean, they had Devontae Smith, who they took in the first round last year, and they say, we're going to invest another first-round wide receiver. And AJ you saw Brown. it throughout the yeah. draft. You saw it with the Saints going up to get Chris Olave. To compliment Michael Thomas. Oh, Michael Thomas. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But anyway. About which part? Michael Thomas hadn't played. Like, he still played football? Okay. Jokes anyway, aside, anyway. they anyway. pay him a lot of money. Yeah, I know. And I he's know. a really good wide receiver. Well, when he plays. Sure. Yeah. But nonetheless, you right. already had a number one, and you went out he and got invested the 11th pick in a number one type receiver out of Ohio State. Right. You look at this offseason, okay? Tyreek Hill going to Miami after they had a record-setting rookie in Jalen Waddle. The Rams went out and got Allen Robinson to compliment Cooper Cup, who they got to pay again. Devontae Adams, the Raiders weren't short on wide receivers. They got another one. They got yeah. another one. Like, you need two, if not three, in today's NFL at wide receiver. Now, there's other teams at the opposite extreme who are still searching for a one, but nonetheless, teams seem to be identifying wide receiver as the I mean, hell, hell, premium I mean, position in the NFL right now. Hey, you forgot, you know, it, it, just to go along I'm with your point. I'm definitely forgetting something. How about my team? My team, the team that I rode for all year and tried to tell you about, the Cincinnati Bengals. Hey, trends, the trend-setting Cincinnati Bengals. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Okay. So you got two ones right there. Okay. And so, you know what I'm saying? But there and are then, a lot of teams. And, that, right. That, and then Tampa. Oh, but if you want to really talk about the trendsetters, I mean, Tom Godwin. Brady Tom yeah. Brady went to Tampa to play with Evans and Godwin. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's no longer sufficient – to have somebody, quote-unquote, to take the pressure off your number one. 
you have to have interchangeable except, number ones except nowadays. Some teams, except some teams don't. Now, now, last year's Super Bowl participants both, you know, fit that bill because you had Odell Beckham Jr. Receiver, yeah. And you, had, you know, Woods was out, but you had Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt in the game. He had Cooper Cup and then Cincinnati, as I just mentioned. But look at Kansas City. Kansas City probably doesn't have a one exactly now yeah but it's right. gonna be fine or green bay who i'm sure green we'll bay talk doesn't about have a fine and they're, and we'll talk a lot one, about they're gonna bay. be fine too. yeah yeah exactly so. i mean it's it, everybody's not able to pull this off for one reason or another but bottom line is this is a position that teams all offseason have invested draft capital and cap space into this position in a passing league when you have and, and that's why the titans perspective is fascinating because i can't say i don't get it because they say, you know what, A.J. Brown, who I'll say it felt to me to be Debo Samuel-like in terms of his, I guess, personality imprint, right. if that Pers- makes sense, yep, yep, yep. on the offense. I know it's a Derrick Henry offense, but at wide receiver, A.J. Brown and his attitude and the passion that he played with was very Debo Samuel-esque in Tennessee. But here's Tennessee saying, you know what, we're not going to be able to come to a deal. We're not trying to go to $20 million the way he wants us to go to. We're going to go get Traylon Burks in the first round. And it's, it's, a, it's a lot to ask Traylon Burks to step in and be A.J. Brown. Well, but rookie receivers are able to make an instant well, impact Well, that's what I'm saying. NFL. You say it's a lot to ask. I don't think it's a lot to ask. Teams are not operating. That's speaking more to teams, how good A.J. Brown yeah, was. Uh, well, but teams are not operating as if it's too much to ask. I mean, you look at these uh, wide receivers. Just saw this. All right. You got you got all these uh, you know, eight wide receivers taken in the first 20 picks. Six. No, six wide receivers in the first uh, from eight to eighteen. That's what it is. Six wide receivers for uh, taken from number eight to number eighteen. So teams are not saying, "Hey, we're going to bring them along slowly." It takes it's an adjustment period. No, they expect to play going right away. Any of those cliches, they're going to say they expect to yeah, play right they away. Expect you to come in and play. And so recent history suggests that they're going to be guys plentiful. taken tonight in the second or third round because yeah, right. all these guys we're talking about are second round picks for right. the most part. And, that, and that's why, and that's but, why their contracts are up right now. I think that's right why now. you're having contract situations. Correct, because they, they say, got four minute, years. I've outperformed my contract. They've outperformed them. They don't and have they that have fifth year them. control. So you had teams that approached the first round last night saying, let's draft the receiver and at least have him for five years in the first round and expect him to step in and play right away. But, I mean, I'm looking at a Jets helmet across the way. The Jets, they went out and got uh, Garrett Wilson yep. to compliment Corey Davis, who they paid a lot of money to, to help Zach Wilson. I mean, th- this is the wave in the NFL right now is investing money in a position that is plentiful. So there's lots of supply and demand in the wide receiver position. But the Philadelphia Eagles, man, I, I love it. You got a quarterback who's on his rookie contract. You're going to give him every opportunity to succeed. And if he doesn't work out next year, you got two first round picks to play with to address it in a address the position in a very strong draft. I love A.J. Brown. I love him even better at the. Mere price of a first and third round pick. So you hate to grade a first round, but if you have to grade a first round in the moment, the Eagles are the biggest winners probably by far. And I can understand Tennessee's perspective, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a fan of, of, of what they do and how they do business. But, Michael, everybody is not going to get what they want from this wide receiver gold rush. Yeah. Everybody is not going to go out and get two ones, as you put it, they're not going to go out and get two ones and suddenly find themselves in championship position. Somebody's going to be disappointed. So if you're Tennessee, you say, all right, we don't think we, – we, we like A.J. Brown, but we don't think A.J. Brown in $20 million makes a lot of sense for us. Not for us. We think 
Uh, it's a good move for us to trade him to Philadelphia, get some draft capital, get a younger guy who's going to be cheaper, and we'll see what happens for the next four or five years. Yeah. And and I, I tend to I tend to I and tend this to is an organization that last trends, year, by the way, traded a second rounder for Julio Jones. Because trends are, I mean, it sounds nice. I mean, this is a trend in the league, but how often is that? A result in hey here's a trend in the league and now we're going to use this trend and the next four or five nfl champions are going to use this formula that we've identified as a hot new trend in the league it usually doesn't work like that it's too pronged because i think what we're identifying is there are the you know typically you say the haves and have nots there are the wants and don't want to's mm-hmm. there are the teams that want to invest in wide receiver and have the capital and, and and their their roster is constructed as such where it makes sense for them it made sense for miami to go all in on tyree kill it made sense for the raiders to go all in on Devonte adams and so on and so forth but then you have other organizations consistently competitive organizations yeah. it's pushing back saying that the titans the packers and the chiefs they are usually there at the end so to say that they're on the wrong right. side of this wave right is is a little premature. Keep, you know, you talk about the supply and demand. I keep waiting for that flip side of it. There's the flip side. Uh, last night, you just happened to have two corners taken back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Three and four, uh, Two yeah. corners in the top five. That doesn't happen yep. uh, very often in the NFL. But, look, if you're going to have all these wide receivers and, hey, this is what you need in the league, well, you got to cover them. got to cover them. Somebody's got to cover them. Yeah. So I want to see a spike. I'm looking for a spike in cornerbacks and even slot guys. Like guys like – and we'll talk about them later – uh, Daxon Hill from from uh, that school up north, you know you need guys like that, a guy who can play some slot. He did that at uh, at his school. I can't name it. Uh, did that at his school and he played some safety. But you're going to need guys, yeah. safeties who can cover. It's not. It can't all be on the cornerbacks. It's going to be on some guys who've got some uh, positional versatility who can cover tight ends and wide receivers because they're all over the place. Let's get into the other seismic trade involving a wide receiver. Um, whose quarterback um, also (laughs) need two quarterbacks here. Both of them don't have contracts in Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. Yeah. But now Kyler Murray is feeling better about his organization, whereas Lamar is like WTF after Marquise Brown was flipped from the Ravens to the Cardinals for the 23rd pick in the draft. We hadn't heard it, you know, this offseason – so you specifically asked the Ravens for a trade. Yeah, I asked them for a trade after the season. Um, it was just some like my my happiness. I mean, I talked to Lamar about it, you know, after my second year. And, you know, then I, after my third year leading up to the end of the season, you know, he wasn't playing. You know, I, I let him know again, like, yeah, bro, I can't do it. And, you know, it's not really on Lamar. Like, I love Lamar. It was just, you know, it's just the system wasn't for me personally. You know, I love all my teammates. You know, I love the guys. But it was just, you know, something I had to think about for myself. And, you know, the, the Ravens, did, we both handled it the right way. You know, I didn't go out and make anything public. You know, I just kept it kept it in-house, kept working. And, you know, it all, it all worked out. Complicated topic. And for me personally, uh, complicated because – uh, Marquise is was my first pick, and uh, one of my favorite guys on the team. You know, so uh, but Marquise came to me after the season, and uh, and requested that he be traded, and, and was not happy, 
and wanted to play elsewhere. Uh, again, it was something that I anguished over for a long time. Uh, I, he would tell you, I think, that he and I had many conversations um, throughout the spring. And, you know, uh, I, I always say the club has to win. And this is a situation where it was going to be impossible for the club to truly win. But, you know, we do what we think is best for the player. We try to accommodate players when we can. Um, you know, I'm sensitive to that. And so we, we did it. I think we, uh, he would, would say that he feels happy, which is good. And we made the best of the situation as a club. There is no organization that I respect more, especially this weekend, than the Baltimore Ravens. So I ain't worried about Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. If Eric DaCosta says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Ozzie Newsom, I, I, John Harbaugh, I don't care what. If it's the Ravens, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. Um, but again, here's that theme that we were just talking about. Now Kyler Murray opposite DeAndre Hopkins. They lost Christian Kirk, of course, to free agency, but now has his old Oklahoma teammate in Marquise Brown. Lamar Jackson is the story here, though, at the end of the day. I mean, Kyler, you know, that, that's been a tumultuous yeah. situation. We'll see if they end up with a contract extension. The, the Cardinals think they got better on offense. But Lamar Jackson is a story here because he doesn't have a long-term deal. He came off as upset, though, come to find out, not surprised by the trading of Marquise Brown, who I think, dare I say it from the outside looking in, I think the professional relationship was less meaningful than the personal relationship. They were close, but I'm not sitting up here crying in the car if I'm a Raven or a Ravens fan about the loss of Marquise Brown. Oh, you're not? Especially not what the, after what the Ravens did in the first round last night. Yeah, I don't know. but And what know, they still might do. I mean, crying in a car is strong, but you got to under you, you got to wonder, okay, what are they going to do? That's what you're thinking as a fan. The right thing. Because hey. that's what they do. Yeah, yeah, but you got you had a guy who had over 1,000 yards receiving. I know, it's okay. saying, you know a lot of people do that now, but 1,000 yards receiving. Yeah, right. <laughs> he fast. Yeah. He got yeah. a nice nickname. He I, got I, a famous I think, cousin. I think, I think he's, he's all right. A, like I think I, he's I just, a good player. He does, but this is what this I conversation about elite receivers being yeah, moved. Well, uh, Marquise Brown not, don't move the needle okay, for me like right, the rest of these right. guys. That's, that's correct. But this is what I don't. This is what I'm wondering with him. What's he talking about? What's he talking about? I, I want a little more. I, I need to push a little bit more. John Sawatsky. We need some Sawatsky questioning here. He says he loves his teammates. It's not about Lamar. It's not personal. It's not personal. I wasn't happy. Why? You don't like the coach? Who knows? Maybe the yeah, way, you maybe like, think he was in the ball the enough. Is it the city? Yeah. And and see, this is why I want to know. This is why it's important for me to know. Because I'm going to find a weak spot. I'm going to find a loophole in the trend, the current trend in the NFL. Hey, it's not enough to have one one. It's, you got to have two. Okay, Jeff, got you it. You got to have a just as good All right, on the other side. Here's the problem. The problem is I'm a one. I need my money. Right. I need my touches. Right. And, you, and you know, you go around and you start thinking more about what's in it for you and not necessarily the team. So maybe he wasn't happy. I'm just, I got to speculate until it's cleared up. Maybe he wasn't happy because Hollywood is not just a nickname for him. <laughs> Hollywood is a mentality. Who knows? And he's with the Baltimore Ravens, and you said we both have respect for this organization. They ain't really about that. That's not really the thing. It's like, like, okay, it's not about you. This is a tough, football-oriented, competitive organization. And they'll be fine. They missed the playoffs last year. The Ravens have never highlighted 
featured, sell, exalted a wide receiver. They, they had good wide receivers, but they never said, okay, you're that guy. You're they, that dude. They missed the playoffs they last don't year. Like they that. had a historic rate of significant injuries, not just run-of-the-mill injuries. But Starting they were early. decimated by injuries last year. Bottom line is they'll be fine. I love Rashad Bateman coming out of Minnesota. Yep. Just because he didn't hit the ground running last year, because he was he started off the year hurt. Yep. Like he may explode this year as their as their new one. Mark Andrews is the primary target, which we know. Maybe Lamar locks on him a little too much. Well, you know, maybe that's an adjustment that needs to be made. But that's a Lamar Jackson run first offense when they have running backs healthy. Let's go back to injuries. Yeah. So what happened with them last year? They'll be fine. They nailed the first round. They got Kyle Hamilton. Hamilton. You know, they, they did not throw away their shot. Yeah. Oh, they, thank you. Thank okay. you. Thank you. I was waiting for it. Thank you. Thank you very much. And they get the center from uh, from Iowa. Uh, yeah, Linderbaum. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. they got Ravens-type players yeah. last and night, and they're not done. Listen, tonight's the night for wide receivers anyway. We're talking about second-round guys. Like, the wide receivers come in the second round, whether that's D.K. Metcalf, whether that's A.J. Brown, whether that's Debo Samuel. Terry McLaurin was a third-round pick, right? Yep. Okay, yep. draft ain't over. Draft ain't over. I it's sweat, the Ravens. I sweat them. I really do. Quote the, <laughs> I, quote the yeah. Ravens and trust in the Ravens. Yeah. And then and, and Ozzy and Eric, I trust. And and also at that position, it's like I, I, a lot of teams did this last night. It just really bothers me when teams overthink it. The Ravens don't. This is why they always they always get players who, who tend to fall, who fall, who slip. Think about it. They've got – They've got so many notches on the wall of players who have slipped to them and are Hall of Fame talents. Like they, Ray Lewis the, was drafted in the 20s. The board comes to them. Ed Reed was they, drafted they, in the 20s. The phrase, let the draft come to they us. They do it. Should be, they should have trademarked that phrase. I'll tell you who else slipped. They should have trademarked Even though he was like a top uh, 15 pick. You know who else slipped? Sizzle. Terrell Suggs. Right. He slipped. Tenth, it was the 10th pick. 10th overall. 10th pick. And people thought he would be go, going to top five. They he just always... waited for him. So they, this is another guy. They shouldn't have Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton should have been gone. As a matter of fact, Houston, you should have taken him. They messed up the draft last night, by the way, but I'll get to that. All right. So Kyle Hamilton, a uh, a, a guy who is it, it was versatile, who's got speed, who plays fast, it's even though the, the timing – even though the, the, he didn't time that well, he didn't run that well, tape. four, five, Check nine. Look at the tape. See, this Check is the what tape. the Ravens do. This they is all, what they do they consistently. They always end up with blue chippers when it's all said always. and done. And Marquise Brown, thanks for your services. Go be great somewhere else. Rashad Bateman's ready to step up. They got other guys in that receiver room that maybe we don't know about yet, but they do, okay? They're a run-first team. They're a defensive team, okay? They'll be healthy next year. I mean, look. I think it's a win-win. It's a it's an easy cop out, but I think it's, it it definitely helps the Kyler situation. Lamar will get over it. He's disappointed now, but I, I don't I don't see this as something that's going to alienate or ostracize Lamar well, Jackson. And, and where it's know, like, oh my goodness, I lost Cushion Avery. You know, it's like okay, man. You know you what know? though. Like, and I gotta say, this. sorry, bro. You knew it was I, coming. He and he asked for the trade. Yeah, that's yeah. the bottom line. Like, let's go with that. Full stop. That's the end of the conversation. Marquise Brown wanted out. The team accommodated him. They didn't just wake up one day and decide to move Marquise Brown without anybody's knowledge. So they didn't they didn't go behind Lamar's back. He's got no right to be pissed. You want to be pissed, be pissed at Marquise Brown. Mike, I'll say this. Lamar, I'll say it this way. Lamar appears to be upset. 
But I'm not sure that he is. A couple reasons. One, he already knew about it. Hollywood, Hollywood, I like the nickname. I do like the nickname. Uh, Hollywood told him that he wanted to be traded. Um, the organization, I'm sure. They were uh, like, oh, let, word? Let, uh, <laughs> let it be known. They are probably like, oh, do you? Okay, uh, uh, no That problem. he wanted to be mm-hmm. traded. But uh, that, that's one. So he had the information. So he appears to be upset. It wasn't, he wasn't blindsided by it because he knew about it. But the re- the, here's, a, here's a real reason. Here's number two really should be number one. In this era right now, when you don't say anything on social media, people think you're the problem. So Hollywood Brown got traded. And if Lamar Jackson didn't say anything, people would be like, oh, what's up? You're not upset? Hey, you ain't upset about it? No, he's playing, so, the, he's playing so the part. It's, it's got to be – there's a performative side to social media in these situations. I, I, yes and no. I, yeah, I, yes. I, you got – hey, hey, I oh, well, hey, what's up? Oh, man, this is my guy. They have. They actually did have a personal relationship. Sure. And I don't think Lamar enjoys seeing a guy that he did have some success with go out the door. That lets me further know. Is they he, had a personal relationship. Is hey. he as upset Bruh. as – WTF or the angry face emojis would suggest probably not. There is a, there is some semblance of I'm saying what needs to be said, but I also do think in the moment these kids this kids impatient. He's Michael. like, yo, what the hell? Like, who am I throwing to? You, you sit, you're sending my thousand yard receiver out the door, and we're here to tell you, Lamar, wait for it. Right, listen, listen. Trust in your organization, Michael. 90, You'll figure it out. We got to go to break. 90, I was just saying this as we go to break. 90% of social media is BS, but it entertains me. Okay? It entertains me. So I know you as well as anybody. And so if something happens at work, you probably told me about it already. So if I'm going on social media pretending like I heard it for the first time, I'm reacting for the first time, I'm just lying. I'm lying. Because You're we so have a personal cynical. relationship. You're so no, I'm cynical. just saying. Come on, bro. It could be both, come man. On, it could be both. On. He could still oh, yeah. be like, what oh, yeah, the I'm hell? gonna go on social media now, even though I've known about it for He's two so years. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Both New York teams have fallen on hard times, to say the least. I'd say so. They both have two picks, each in the top ten. So New York football has an opportunity to right itself. In one night, both teams, depending on okay. if they're able to nail these two picks. One has a second-year head coach and a yeah. relatively new regime. The other one has a completely new regime with the New York Giants and Joe Shane and Brian Dayball. So it's a new day in New York starting tonight. Skyscrapers and everything. everything. Rex with the Jets. You ready to do this? I'm ready. I'm ready, man. Let's get it then. Let's get it. And we've got Joe and Coach Sala and everybody else in here. They're going to talk. Swaggy line. sauce, Gardner. How you doing, brother? Joe man. Douglas. I'm great, man. Blessed to be here, man. Hey, man. You ready to join the family? Hey, man. I just want to thank y'all, man. If, if, if this happened at four, man, I'm going to be the highest draft in Cincinnati history, man. <laughs> well, here, here it is. Let's do it. it. Let's do All it. Right, hey, man, I'm going to turn you over to Coach Sala. 
Hey, man, right, congrats, man. Welcome to the family. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> brother. Hey. Yelling, hey, man. Uh, hey, we're excited. Um, we sweated for about 15 minutes, but um, you were you were always you were always the one, man. And uh, from one Detroit kid to another, we're going to have a hell of a time out here turning this thing. Uh, we got better tonight, and uh, what a great opportunity. A lot of credit goes to our uh, coaching staff and our scouts for all the hard work they put in to make an opportunity like this come, come to fruition. So I feel, feel uh, fortunate that we were able to get three, three players that we feel can really help this team now moving forward. Three players that were in our top eight, so excited about that. He's awesome. Yeah, we've spent a lot of time with him. Uh, we met with him at the Combine. I flew out there for his uh, pro day along with, you know, a couple other individuals. You know, we had him in here for a visit. And, you know, he's a, uh, he's a very outgoing individual. He's got a lot of personality. I'm sure you guys will enjoy your time with him, meeting him. Um, but really a good kid, you know, likable kid, works hard. Um, you know, we had a good – Brian and I had several conversations with some of his coaches over the last couple of days. And, um, you know, we had a – FaceTimed him last weekend, so we really got to know the kid, you know, maybe more than any player in this draft. So, um, like the personality and, you know, like the player. I don't know that anybody had a bigger night than the Big Apple. Both teams crushed it. Giants get Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon, Evan Neal out of Alabama, Jets get Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati, Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State, and then get back in the first round and somehow end up with Jermaine Johnson, the second out of Florida State, at the 26th pick. Wow. Great night for New York football. Great opportunity to talk to Connor Rogers from Bleacher Report. So, Connor, uh, I'm in love with New York. Mike's in love with the performance in New York. But so many teams seem to, you know, I, I can't look at the first round and say, oh, I, I have no idea what they would – well, I'll take that back. There's one, but yeah, we'll get to them a couple later. Of them. But for the most part, for the most yeah. part, it seemed like you kind of understand what every team was trying to do. Which team's first-round performance did you love the most, Connor? Well, as a born-and-raised New York kid, I absolutely loved what both the Jets and Giants did, and they needed this really, really badly. It's been a tough last half-decade for both franchises, so it was huge. I agree with you guys. Getting away from those two teams, I like what Detroit did, and it's not just taking Aiden Hutchinson number two overall. I think a lot of teams... Uh, would have been pretty comfortable with that and would have gotten praise for that. For me, it's going back up and getting Jamison Williams. I, I think the problem with Detroit is, and they did a good job of this last year, they solved a lot of holes and started to build out a roster. But when you look at that team, this is something I've struggled with at times with the Giants, with the Jets, with the Texans, obviously the Lions. What scares you from each of those teams? If you're a defensive coordinator, if you're an offensive coordinator, now you look at the Lions, and it's going to take a little time. Jamison Williams has to get healthy. They have some other areas to address, which they can. But now they have a pass rusher in Aiden Hutchinson that does scare you and can take over games. And you have a wide receiver with sub-4-3 speed, with route polish, with deep ball tracking, that when he's healthy and he's right, you got to play 10 yards off him. It's going to take defenders out of the box and open up your run game. And he's a big play threat down the field. So good for the Lions to finally have some blue-chip talent that keeps you up at night if you're an opposing coach. Yeah, I'm with you. I like what the Lions did too. But let me go back to the Jets. Let me give some love to the New York Jets. Haven't won the Super Bowl since 1969, Super Bowl three. All right, give them some love here. How did they wind up in this position 
I mean, I can understand how they got uh, Sauce Gardner, although you could argue that the Texans, if they're going to take a corner, they should have taken Sauce over Stingley Jr. But anyway, that's the quibble. And, and, and you know, and, and they wind up uh, with Garrett Wilson. But how did they wind up with all three of those guys? And what do you think caused the slide of Jermaine Johnson the second? I think they're pinching themselves and wondering the same thing. And you heard them even admit it. All three of these guys were top ten players on their board. They loved Jermaine Johnson throughout this entire process. They loved the growth he showed from Juco to Georgia to Florida State to the Senior Bowl, uh, a big-time tester at the Combine. He went to Florham Park and was one of the visits for the team. They loved the person, and they were really stuck at pick 10. They, They loved Sauce at four. They were good with that one. But when they got to pick 10, guys, I think they loved Jermaine Johnson but knew they had to help their young quarterback because of Zach Wilson's struggles there's a chance that they're not there very long with the New York Jets franchise. So they went with Garrett Wilson, a high floor player, my top wide receiver. And then they were wondering since pick 15, when they saw their Jermaine slide, a lot of people thought Baltimore would take him and Baltimore is probably surprised they got Kyle Hamilton. So you see the trickle effect here. The Jets were trying to get back in and they couldn't get back in until pick 26 and they got their guy. Now, when you look at the slide, I think it's one, you know, one thing that stands out to me is that he had the breakout year. He's 23 years old. Some teams get scared of older prospects that had a longer road, uh, which I I don't because he is so polished. He has violent hands. He sets a hard edge against the run. He's a three down player. He's a hard worker. So that didn't scare me. And then teams just became infatuated with other players throughout this process in, in a little bit of a strange way, considering how important pass rush help is. So I think a lot of teams are looking around, and the offensive line run and the wide receiver run hurt Jermaine Johnson. Let's make no mistake about that. Teams just got very scared and said, if we don't get our guy now, there's nothing there in the second round. And it led to his fall, and it led to a huge win for Robert Sala. You could see that grin on his face. I think this was his favorite player in the entire draft. We had such a a fun time last night, I think, in large part because it was a refreshing draft. It was a refreshing Mm. draft because it was for people like us. It was for hardcore fans. It wasn't for casuals that get captivated and infatuated by quarterbacks. One quarterback went, Kenny Pickett, not till 20 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He stays in Pittsburgh. It adds a lot of intrigue to tonight. We could see a run on quarterbacks in the second and third rounds. Um, but aside from the QBs, we also have uh, Nicobe Dean in the green room, Ooh. along with uh, Matt Corral from Ole Miss uh, and Malik Willis from Liberty. Tell us some of the players that you're, that you're loving that's still on the board right now as we head into round two and three. Yeah, all those guys are at the top of my list. David Ajabo, who ruptured his Achilles during his pro day workout. If he did not do that, we would not be talking about him today. He would have went in the first round. I don't think he waits very long because he's so talented. Um, when you look at it, Travis Jones, the big nose tackle from UConn, he could rush the passer, he could stop the run. There's not a lot of guys that are 325 pounds and run sub, you know, five-second speed in the 40. Jordan Davis went last night. Now it's Travis Jones' time. Arnold DeBacady from Penn State, another edge rusher that teams are really, really high on. So he's absolutely in the mix there as well early on. Then you're going to see a little bit of that second wide receiver run, right, guys? We have George Pickens from Georgia, Christian Watson from North Dakota State. You have Sky Moore still on the board. Uh, There's going to be a little bit of a wide receiver run as well. And then the offensive line is kind of interesting, but it it tailored, it plateaued off really, really fast. Bernard Raymond, the tackle uh, from Central Michigan, he's still hanging around there. Cam Jurgens, the center from Nebraska. Teams really, really like him. But the the teardrop in offensive line 
hurt a lot of teams, probably like the Bears that were looking at that today. Seattle got their guy Charles Cross at 9. I know they were looking at offensive line at 40 and 41. They're probably relieved they got that out of the way already. Yeah, what, nine teams last night that ended up with two first-round picks, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, eight coming in had two first-round picks. The second round, man, like, you guys know this. This is not a question, just an observation. It's, it's, it really should be round 1A or 1B, <laughs> I should say. It should be round 1A and 1B because there's so many guys tonight that so very good easily could have gone in the so first round. So many good players. You know, there's it's a lot of great value here. Uh yeah, Connor, I, I want to ask you, you know, I know we talked yesterday about Jacksonville, and we disagreed that, uh, that, that Trayvon Walker was the best player in the draft, but they, they, they agree. They, they think they disagree with us. They, they took Trayvon Walker. So I don't want to talk about Jacksonville. Anybody else, you look at their draft and say, oh, what, what, what were they thinking? Why would they do that? Was there uh, a, a why would they do that moment for you or moments for you yesterday? Yeah, it's Green Bay, and I know it's cliche, right? And I have no problem really? with Devontae. No problem with Devontae Wyatt at 28. No problem. Good player. They needed interior defensive line help. He's going to be really productive. And I don't have a problem Walk. with Quay Walker. Quay Walker is big, athletic. Okay. He, he can be a big-time player. He's exactly like Devontae Campbell that they just paid to play in the middle of their defense. What I don't get, guys, with Green Bay right now, you know the situation with Aaron Rodgers. You traded Devontae Adams a long time ago. In my opinion, the lack of aggression at the GM spot when everybody's been talking about this wide receiver run for a long time is disappointing. There's just no way around it. Why can't every other team figure this out? But the Green Bay Packers either were stubborn and didn't want to do it, or they couldn't do I it. I respect it. No, I don't respect <laughs> it. I respect it. I don't it. respect it. Oh, I respect man. it, kind of no. like, 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 do what you do. Like, no. like to, to, to me, get, to me, to get caught up in appeasing Aaron Rodgers because you traded Devontae Adams, who wanted to be in Oakland and didn't want to do. Oh, excuse me, Las Vegas, and didn't want to do the contract with you. It's like, no, take the best players. That's why they. That's why they wanted year in and year out one of the better run organizations in the league. Aside from Aaron Rodgers, I know we love to act like Aaron Rodgers just annually turns water into wine. He does, but. Don't sit there and reach <laughs> for a receiver now so, you're you can, him so you can say, hey, we took a first-round wide receiver. The whole conversation this offseason has been around second-round wide receivers. Let's see what they do tonight when they hey, got listen, two picks. Hey, listen, they Connor, got, what did hey, they Connor, get George Pickens, hey, Connor? What did they end up with George Pickens? Hey, then I will okay, gladly hey, write the apology form. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Okay, but no, no, it's funny. Michael says, you know, they asked Aaron Rodgers to turn water into wine. At least they've given him water before. Now they're like, be like Moses. Go right. to that rock. Get water out of the rock. There's the, nothing there. Because the defense was the problem against San Francisco, right? I'm sorry. Defense helps a quarterback, too. They got two players off a record-setting yeah, defense. You can't say that every it's a year, smart year after pick year. The right players. Hey, defense helps. We're not. It's almost Reaching like you know what, for Connor? a wide receiver to make Michael Holly happy. You know what, Connor? No. no, no, no. It's not to make me happy. How about to make the guy you gave a ton of money to happy? You you gave him a ton of money. How many games they won the last traded, three years? You traded his number one many, wide receiver. How many, how many games they won the last three years? Uh, who knows? It doesn't matter now because you traded the guy who helped you get those wins. Oh, I'm you sorry. Away. What round was he drafted in? Because okay. remember, we had this conversation before. I, I know. Like, I know. Oh, they never drafted a first-round wide receiver. Okay. Does Devontae Adams, well, does, 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 he, does it matter he wasn't this in the first is, round? This is what happens. This is what sorry, happens. Sorry, Connor. With Connor. Excuse Connor, me. No. Green Bay. <laughs> I think you're – I, I think it's you're absolutely right. I think Green Bay it's like those those old crotchety baseball writers. I know you're a baseball fan too. These old crotchety baseball writers who say, "Well, 
Joe DiMaggio wasn't a unanimous Hall of Famer, and Ted Williams wasn't a unanimous Hall of Famer, so we're going to keep our streak up going. And Brian Gutekunst is doing the same thing. If Ted Thompson didn't draft a wide receiver, then I'm not going to do it either because this is what we do. All right. That sounds great. That's a great talk radio take. No, it's true. That's a great column. It's true. Okay, but when Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to do much because his defense is so dominant, y'all act like Aaron Rodgers plays 12 positions at the same time. Okay, like uh, uh, Connor, agree respectfully, agree to disagree. But it, but anybody else? Uh, what was the original question? I'm sorry. Who screwed it up? Yeah, well, <laughs> besides your, besides, besides your Green Bay Packers. Besides Green Bay. But besides Brian. When Co- they win 13 games again. Besides next year. Brian Gutekunst is at the back of the class. Who else is at the back of the class for detention? I don't get it for New England, and uh, you know when you look at it, Cole Strange is fine. There's nothing wrong with the player. I, I thought he was more of a top of round three player because he plays center. I understand that his relative athletic score is is one of the best ever for a center. Uh, Guys, he was in college for six years, so you want to talk about older prospects. He's absolutely an older prospect. He fits what they like in guys. I compared him to a a, a Diet Coke Joe Tooney, right? The light version. Not Joe Tooney, but something a little bit lesser than that. It's just when it comes down to it for me with New England, why not stand pad and actually get a first-round player? I don't really like getting cute and taking players two rounds early just because you're all about the guy, unless it's a, a premium position, and center is not. So for New England right here, it's bold to say regression for New England. I'm not ready to say that right now, but I just want, don't understand why they didn't take an opportunity to significantly improve. I'll, I'll say it. I'll, I'll say it for you. Yeah, it was a regression. I, that, Cole, that was – I'm going to say – that is the worst first-round decision. Not the oh, player, yeah. because the player is good. I'm going to say that's the worst first-round decision of Bill Belichick's career. Why is he doing this? Oh. Okay. It is. I do. But okay. we'll, talk about another, we'll talk about another time. Though. We're going to make the decision to let you go. We know you got work to do with Bleacher <laughs> Report, man. We appreciate you, Connor. Thank you so much, brother. Yep. We'll talk to you Anytime, again Anytime, guys. Enjoy the draft tonight. Always great talking to you. All right, Connor. Let's talk, let, let's talk next week and unpack the whole draft. Connor, we have the total picture. You made total sense today. You know who else didn't draft the wide receiver I in the first round? I apologize for Michael Smith. You know who else didn't draft the wide receiver in the first round? Kansas City. Went defense with two picks. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Right. It was a little surprising with Devontae. Um, obviously, when I made my decision, uh, I was still thinking he was going to come back. You know, I was I was very honest with him about my my plans and my future and where I saw you know my career going uh, as far as how many years I wanted to play. But I, I felt like you know he was going to be back. Uh, didn't obviously turn out that way. But I have so much love for Tay and appreciate the time we spent together and and definitely wish him. Uh, Wish him the best with Derek in in, uh, in Vegas, but that's a big hole to fill for sure. Uh, we certainly explored some options. Um, there was a little run on receivers there, I think, you know, and once that kind of happened, I think, um, you know, we were, we were kind of like thought we would stay and pick, and, and that's what that's kind of how it unfolded. I think there's some really good receivers left in this draft, and we'll kind of see how it, how it plays out. We have nine picks left, you know, so we got a lot of ammunition. Um, whether we stick and pick or move around. So we'll kind of see how that goes. But I don't feel we have to do that. 
Uh, I like our football team. I think I've spoken on that before. Um, we'd like to add players at every position, and that's that's the receiver position is no different. But I don't feel like I have to. Um, so we'll kind of see how it, how it unfolds tomorrow and on Saturday. This is why I used to kick Michael Holly's ass in franchise yeah, mode. Yeah, he yeah. has no idea how yeah, to build a team. We got no pictures. Charles we got, Robinson. We got no records. Where are the archives? Where are, are your the receipts? Packers going to you use? We got no receipts on this. One of their two, uh, one of their two second round picks or a third round pick on a wide receiver. So people like Michael Holly yeah, yeah. can shut the hell up whining about them not taking a first rounder. Yeah. What if Devontae White ends like, up being Reggie freaking White? Rest like, in peace. People like I don't know Charles. People like Michael Holly and, oh, and Aaron Rodgers. Educate this dude, and, and, and educate Aaron Rodgers too. And educate Aaron. Rodgers about how he lost Devontae Adams and now and why Stantling, are you so butthurt because they didn't Stantling, take a first round wide receiver and Scantling but like, anyway, who cares ahead. all right go ahead who cares what round they go come ahead. in go ahead Charles go ahead the only way Aaron Rodgers is ever getting a first round receiver is if he plays Madden and drafts him himself <laughs> like I don't think that's ever gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> um look I, I Okay, there's two ways you can look at this. I'm going to side with both of you. It's like when your parents are fighting. You're like, I'm going to try and <laughs> try and stay in the middle here. <laughs> Neutral corners. <laughs> you can definitely get good uh, wide receivers beyond round one, particularly nowadays. There's no question. Um, you know, look, Christian Watson, Sky Moore, uh, George Pickens. Um, you know, there's there's going to be some talent that that obviously goes beyond um round one i mean look go go look at the cincinnati Bengals. love jamar chase right some other wide receivers on that roster were not first round picks you know who turned out to be pretty good players so um it can be done but that said with the economics of wide receivers where this is going now if you really want a wide receiver you're probably better off getting them in in round one because you want to have um five years of control and and because you know you get them in the second round that means that they're going to start looking for an extension after year three okay and if they're looking yeah, they'll be, for they'll be aj brown and debo samuel and dk 100 percent. yeah i mean that's kind of where this is going now some teams will tell you now when you talk to them they're like you might as well throw control out the window it doesn't matter anymore because if a player is good enough they're looking for that extension after year three anyway so it doesn't matter if you get them in the you know first. Doesn't matter if you get them in the second. Um, you're you're probably going to have to start working on an extension after year three anyway. Um, but look, I, I I can see the the problem with Green Bay is that it's just been this like institutional um, imperative of like never taking mm. a first round wide receiver, and you know that I could yeah. see that being something that's frustrating to Aaron Rodgers and you know, the Devontae Adams situation though. I mean, that was on Devontae and, and, you know, Rodgers knew it. He pretty much just said it. Like he thought, Hey, if I came back in the fold, like maybe Devontae would change his mind and, and, you know, it'd work out a different way. It didn't, that's not on Brian Gutekunst, but um, it, you can't, Charles. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, yeah, listen, yeah. you can't, you can't sit there and watch Detroit. Okay. Detroit of all teams move up that far <laughs> to get Jamison. Well, you know, you're sitting there and you're, and you're going, there's these other teams that are like making these aggressive moves to go, you know, you, there's Howie oh, Roseman's like, Howie's Ro Howie Roseman's like, oh, maybe I wanted Jamison Williams. I just go trade for AJ Brown. <laughs> no, you can, no, you could, no, you're conveniently forgetting a lot of facts here. Who? One oh, is there that all six of these receivers, <laughs> all six of these receivers who went, in the top 20, God bless them, good luck, they're not all going to pan out. Okay? Oh, no? Jamison Williams may not be Randy Moss or Calvin Johnson for Detroit. Maybe he will. Okay. He may not be. 
What round was Devontae Adams drafted in? For that matter, what round was Jordy no, Nelson drafted I, I, in? But I already See, said the that. problem already, with the listen. Packers, the, no, but, but the problem with the Packers is not this institutional mandate that they don't draft the first round wide receiver. The problem is this, wait for it, narrative around Aaron Rodgers that the reason he only, quote unquote, has one Super Bowl is he doesn't have enough I didn't help. Say that. No, you don't have to say it. It's understood. It's unspoken. It's subconscious. No, I didn't say that. You don't have to. You're right. You don't say it either. You don't. No, you. That's you. No, no. No, you don't have to say it. people's narratives to the other two people who are It's too windy out here for a straw man to stand on its own. You're feeding into it, Charles. Because, okay, if you can tell me, if you can show me empirical data that the only way you can get capable wide receivers in the first round, I'll shut up. That's not Here, the case. And if yeah, you can show me that every first round that. wide receiver, I'm saying it. If you can show me that every first round wide receiver pans out because he was taken in the first round, I'll shut up. History says that they're going to be bust among these wide receivers this at is, all positions. This is what I can't you prove You don't to you. have to take a receiver in the first round. This is what I have data on. Can I, t- can I tell you that I have the data on? I have data on one thing. You have more Hall of Famers in the first round than you do in the second round. A wide receiver? Okay. Overall, you have a better chance of getting a good player. Hey, James, look it up for us, please. No, we already did it. We already did that. That's why I brought it up. What's the number? The number is you have more Hall of Famers in the first round than in the second round. At wide receiver? Overall. There are more. At wide receiver. You got a better chance. I'm saying you have a better chance, Michael Smith, of getting a good player in the first round than you do in the second round, which is not to say you can't get a good player in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, Brady sixth. I got all that. You can get them in other rounds. You have a better chance. And it's, and it's tired. We're in a city of chances really and the is. odds and percentages. You got a better chance to get him in the first round. So Brian Gutekunz, if he if he if he if he takes draft capital, makes an aggressive play for a wide receiver in the draft, if he goes up and that guy busts, oh okay, well at least I took a wide receiver in the first round. Yes. Okay. Got it. Just so I want to just make sure we were clear on that. Charles, um, you wrote about the Lamar Jackson situation. Both Michael and I do agree on this. In Baltimore, we trust. Lamar Jackson, maybe not so much, even if he already knew what time it was at Marquise Brown. We obviously have the issue of his lack of a contract extension. Is this a a bad omen moving forward for this relationship, or is it just, hey, something he's just going to end up getting over and the Ravens will figure it out like they tend to always do? Um. This is, there's layers to this one. I, I mean, there clearly, when Eric DaCosta came out and said, you know, it, it was complicated, I don't think he just meant it was complicated for him because this was a player that he liked and that he drafted or whatever. I think that Marquise Brown knows that he's coming up on a contract extension and thus far his production has been, I don't want to say muted, but you know, he it's, it's where it is. Like he just cracked a thousand yards this last season. Um, it is not like a high volume passing offense. You know, it's not, you're not playing in, um, Green Bay, where you can be a Devontae Adams. You're not playing in um, Kansas City, where you can be a Tyreek Hill. And you need volume to get the the max level extension that these other wide receivers are getting. Um, Marquise Brown, I think, showed his cards a little bit when he came out and said that the system frustrated him. Well, what he means by that is he's playing in a system that's not going to maximize a number one wide receiver putting up um, all pro, you know, first team all pro caliber numbers. Okay. So there is, there's some of it in terms of usage. There's some of it in terms of contract. Um, I just thought it was interesting that Lamar Jackson, despite 
what now appears him having been read into the situation, at least somewhat, um, for him to take his thought process and put it out there publicly is a statement in itself. I mean, you know, you can handle it behind closed doors or you can do the WTF tweet. You can retweet other people's frustration. Um, you know, for him to do that, and, and also, by the way, there's this awkward slow play on a contract extension. It's That's not good. That's all bad for the situation. You know, like it's just, this is not what you want to be happening with Lamar Jackson if you truly do want to get an extension done with them. But I also agree with you guys. You, Baltimore, given the long enough timeline, you know, you, you trust them. Like they're probably doing the right thing here um, in the long term. But it's going to be hard for for Lamar Jackson to sit there and see Hollywood um, have success in Arizona, which I assume he will because of the familiarity between he and Kyle. My, my last uh, question for you, Charles, is that green room. Let's go back to the green room. Regardless of position, tell me one guy who shouldn't be there. Like you're, you're like aghast. It's like this is, this, is a, this is a travesty that this player is in the green room for round two. Who's that guy? One guy. Um, you know, Andrew Booth probably, the Clemson, the Clemson corner. Um, you know, I know uh, he's had some moments where um, he hasn't always lived up to the billing, but, I mean, he's, he's – I, I, I'm surprised, honestly, that he went through because he was one of those guys that um, the corner – he's a corner out of Clemson. Um, I think he fits uh, not only uh, performance, but he also fits um, measurables, the athleticism, everything brings to the table. I, I just, he wouldn't have been anyone I thought would have gotten out of round one. So he's one. Obviously, look, David Ajabo as well, the injury, the Achilles injury. I, I guess I'm a little surprised that uh, a team didn't look at David Ajabo and say, okay, it's, we're looking at the healing of the Achilles and then the fact that he's a little raw. So that's two years that are probably going to be eaten up by healing and then starting to develop him. Now, when he goes in the second round, and I assume he's going to go in the second round, you're talking about teams basically drafting a player and knowing we're probably going to, if, if it works out the best case scenario, we're probably going to get two years of production out of a second round pick. So I was a little surprised he didn't come off um, in one. Um, you know, Malik Willis, we, we talked a little bit about, uh, the disagreement on quarterbacks, but man, I, I'm telling you, there were definitely some GMs who were like, "There's no way he gets out of round one." He did. <laughs> so, so here we are yeah. when we're going to figure out who who grabs him now in the second. Hey, um, let's just bring this wide receiver conversation kind of full circle and go back to where we started the show, which was discussing this kind of trend-ish thing of, you know, not only do you need an elite, if not you know, more than capable quarterback to contend, as you know, Charles, that's just history. But gone are the days, long gone are the days of having a, a clear-cut number one wide receiver. Like, more and more teams seem to be going after two ones. Instead of, like, having just a guy on the other side, you want just as good on the other side. There's a lot of teams that have put together dynamic duels on the outside, and we saw two more teams do it last night with both Philadelphia and presumably Arizona. Um, with those two trades. But on the flip side, of course, is Green Bay, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that didn't pay the wide receiver. Uh, you know, Kansas City decided not to pay Tyreek Hill and move on and so on and so forth. So just how do you, uh, how do you view the way teams are investing uh, both cash and draft capital in not just 
one, but two frontline wide receivers, if not more. You saw with the Rams adding Allen Robinson right. to go with Cooper Cup. They're not just going with, hey, we just need somebody to take the pressure. They're going with, like, number one-ish guys at the yeah. quote-unquote number two spot. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it makes sense because, you know, you have – if you're going to pay quarterbacks what you're going to pay them, um, you want to be able to give them the best possible tools to maximize that. Now we're starting to get into an area now, though, that I think – and this offseason really introduced it to us um, where I don't know that they're going to be able to continue to do this much longer in terms of having those two really high-end guys. We'll see where the salary cap goes. Maybe you can. Um, but so when you talk to teams – that are saying we're not going to pay a, a wide receiver, you know, $25 million. Um, basically, I think what you're seeing is you're starting to look at teams that are going to look at wide receivers like running backs, where they're going to say, great, let's go after the elite guys um, in the draft or, you know, however we can procure them. But let's do it knowing we're probably only going to do one contract and then we're going to start to look for a suitor to, to flip this player to um, because we're not going to build with a $25 million wide receiver contract, or God forbid, you know, two $25 million <laughs> contracts, because, um, you know, it's possible that there is gonna be a team that's gonna sit there and have two really elite um, top level wide receivers and have to pay both of those guys. Um, I, I just can't see that ever being realistic, but, um, you know, I, I just, uh, we'll see how this continues to shake out because it's obvious it's very obvious you have some general managers who are sitting there saying we're in a time where there are more wide receivers than ever um where every year the draft is going to be filled with maybe five or six guys who can be first round picks it's crazy for us to sit here and think we want to pay a wide receiver 20 the way they look at it is it's a max level contract now going to a position where there's a lot more availability than there is, say, a quarterback, right? There's not a ton of defensive ends out there all the time. There's not a ton of left tackles out there, but there are a ton of wide receivers out there. There's a ton of very productive wide receivers that can be had sure. um, as young players. So I don't know where this is going. I, 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 I think it's surprising, honestly, that, that we've seen as many yeah, teams yeah. step up and pay this money. I don't know how long that will last. To the second guys, not just one, but two. Hey, man, you earn your money all the time. If Good nothing stuff. else, just for putting up with us. We appreciate you, Charles. Thank you for thank you, Charles. You know, refereeing. Like, you don't get paid to referee and know everything. You know, you, it's like we appreciate you, man. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. <laughs> I'll see you later. I'll see you guys. I'll see you guys right, next week. Stuff. See you, Charles. By the way, Michael, you played the game better, but I was a better team builder in Madden by far. Better team builder. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Chattanooga to the first round. Hey, where is... How about that? And we wasted our time watching him thinking he'd be at 104, maybe.
Look, when you win the Super Bowl yeah. and you have coined the phrase F them picks, you can get them jokes off. Yeah, yeah. But everybody was scratching their head at the Cole Strange pick. It was, needless to say, strange. But it's not, though. It is. A guard out of Tennessee, Chattanooga. No, it's not because of who it was. It was very Patriot-like. So in that in that respect, it wasn't. It was like typical Patriots. I, I'm going to say it wasn't typical Patriots. I'm going to say this was, as I said before. I we can't going, believe you're going to repeat it. We were going out there. It was the worst decision. This? It was the worst decision. Because think about it, Mike. Mike, think, on that. Think about this. Okay. And this is why I hate when – like, I just can't stand when teams just totally screw this whole thing up and, like, overthink it. All right. The Patriots – Moved down from 21 to 29. It was a good trade. Good players on the board, players I liked on the board, but they moved down from 21 to 29, and the the chart says you should get a third-round pick out of that. They got a third and a fourth out of that trade. Kansas City had multiple uh, picks, didn't want to use them all, so Andy Reid and Bill Belichick, they have a history of making deals. That was an easy deal to make. So you're sitting there at 29, and you tell yourself you need a guard. That's fine. You mean to tell me that the best player on your board is Cole Strange? I bet you he's not even the, in the top five of the remaining players on the board. And if he is in your top five of remaining players on your board, you need to just trade away all of your picks because you don't know what you're doing. You could make a pick at 29 and then come back and get Cole Strange. This is how I know I'm right. Oh, that's what I, yeah. this, this, well, how, oh, this is how I know I'm right. No, I'm really interested Not just now. the fact that certain people had him ranked 77th, certain people had him ranked 85th. The L.A. Rams joke, there's truth in every joke, thinking they have a chance to get him at 104. That's pretty much his range. Let's say it's late second round. Let's say it's late second round. Most people have him as a third rounder. I'm going I'm I'm to reject that and say he's a second round pick. Let's say he's a second round pick. Nobody was uh, checking for Cole last night. The Patriots didn't pick him last night. He wasn't going last night. No, he was. He was not going to go last so night. So, can, can I ask you a question? I know this. How do I know? How, How do, do you I know? know? Okay, I don't. I, I, okay, do you know? I'm, I'm serious. Do I, do do you I know? know it for a fact? No. Okay, well, then yeah. do I know it for a fact? The, do then, I know it for a fact? Okay, then. I don't know it for a fact, but this is what I know. He's not the best available player for the New England Patriots. I know that. I know he's not Based the top. On what? I know he's not the top player on their okay, board. Okay, so I'm asking you again. Like you don't have to reveal your sources, but I, it's you not, know, it's you not know, a source. You know he's it's not, not the top. Sor- it's not a source. But you know he's it's not the top player on the board. Sense. You've seen their board. I, I, I have not no, seen it's their not board. common sense. I haven't seen their board. But if you haven't seen their board, guess, you can't Michael, say Michael he's Smith. Not the be- do you think Cole Strange? Tell me. Yes I don't no. know. I know you don't know. I know you don't know. So don't ask me the question. But you're doing this show. There's a lot you don't know that you talk about on this show. But I'm not acting like I know it all. Give me your opinion. There lies the difference between me and you. Give me your opinion. Do you think that Cole Strange was the best player? Your opinion, That's not Michael. an opinion. I don't know. Do In my you, opinion, is this a nice jacket? Do you yes, think? That's subjective. You're asking me to speculate on a fact that I can have you, no way of knowing. Can you speculate? Do you think, in your, profe- in your professional opinion, covering the NFL as long as you have, do you think Cole Strange from UT, Chack and Ch- UT Chattanooga, <laughs> who's a meme today, who's a punchline today, do you think that he was the top player on the New England Patriots the board? The joke is your commentary. Okay. Do I think he was the, the top player on their board? I don't know. And I'm not going to be forced in guessing. It's not a guessing game for, for them. 
You can say, oh, my God, all you want. You're asking a dumbass question. You want me to give you a dumbass no, answer? You don't, no, no, no. It's not a dumb question. It is a dumb because question. Michael, Do I think Michael, he was a top player on the board? With How res- am I supposed to know that? With, with, with all respect, you want to guess? That's on you. Mike, I, choose not, to, no, no. I choose to do Mike, it differently. Mike, it's I choose to do sense. it differently. It's not common do, sense. Do, do, okay. It's not common sense. Do you think it? Do you think it's warmer? Ask a better question. Do you I'll think give it's warmer? No, stop it. No, no, no. If my answer is get off your high horse. If my answer is right, you should cease asking scary questions. Get off your high horse because, with all respect, ask me. Do I think it was a good pick? There are many. Ask me that. No, no, I'm not going to ask you that. That's a better question. No, no, no. Ask me that question. No, no, no. The question I asked you was a good question. No, it wasn't. You just don't want to answer. No, it was a bad question because you know it's not a bad question. It was a bad question. Do I think he was a top player on their board? How the hell should I know? Okay, I'm asking you because I have enough respect for you and your connections to that organization to assume that if you hold on. If you're going to speak with that kind of authority, yes. that you must be plugged in. That's a, why I asked no, the no, question no, no, the way no. I did. I'm not even going to waste my time asking the New England Patriots if Cole Strange is the best player on the board because I know he wasn't. So why did they take him? I know he wasn't. So why did they take Because they're him? stupid. They were stupid yesterday. Okay. That was a stupid All decision right. by Bill Belichick and Matt Grow and everybody who made that decision. That was dumb. Okay. That was a dumb thing to do because you could get, you had enough capital if you're really feeling cold strange. See, what the logic I don't like is, well, we don't take him at 29. We don't know if we're going to get him on the other side. So what? Okay. You can't get everybody. It's only one pick at a time. So sometimes you pick a player. you got to make a decision. Is he the best player we can pick? If he's not the best player we can pick, we probably shouldn't pick him. I mean, setting aside. So but, I got, I got but, so many problems. I got, with this. I got a problem. Let me, let me, let me, well, just, no, let me, let me finish this. Let me finish this. Didn't somebody do this? It's my turn. No, no, no. It's not, no, I didn't say my turn. I never got <laughs> no, a chance. No, I'm not saying you saying that. That's you never seen the person do that. You know, no, no. A, a, a I've colleague got a ch- of ours has done. I've that. got a response a media, to this. A media colleague has done that. It's I got it. My turn. Remember? I got a response. No, you ever seen that? No. Okay. You y'all talk, saw it. Y'all, y'all talk, saw it. Y'all saw it. Y'all know what I'm talking you about. You talked a lot of, about a lot of things on Brother from Another, 3 to 5, yep. Peacock TV, YouTube, Sirius XM, Channel 85. You talk about a lot of things on this show with authority yeah. that you don't know for sure. Yeah. Okay. So that, that that's that's pretty I much the game. I didn't say I can't have an opinion. That, that's pretty much the game. I've gig. had an opinion at the highest level for 20 years. You don't have to okay. tell me how to do my job. Okay. I know how to have an opinion. Okay, okay. You asked me, do I think... Yeah, that he was the best player on think? the board. Do you think it's warm out here? That's, you that's think subjective. That's, a nice building. that's subjective. You think that building took a lot of time to build? the definition of the word subjective? Okay? Yeah. So there's, there's objective fact and there's subjective. Do I think he was the best player on the board? I have no idea of knowing that. If you ask me if I think it was a good pick... That's a different question. You can look off in the space all you want. You're asking a shitty question. No, I'm not. And you want me to you, have, you want me to justify your, resp- your shitty question your resp- with an answer. No, no, your response no, is man. lame. No, it's no. lame. Your question is lame. It's lame. Your line of Michael. thinking is lame. No, it's not. Your entire Michael. line of thinking is lame. Michael, you know. I can't either. believe I'm talking. Do, I don't, do I don't I even th- know you anymore. Do, do I think do I, I don't think, even know you anymore? I have so much respect I, for you and your reporting and your knowledge about this process. This doesn't need reporting. Hold on. You have a best-selling book called War Room. Several. I'm talking about the one about the draft yeah. in particular. Okay? Yeah. I can give you your flowers. I don't yeah, need okay. your help. Okay. I am telling you how much respect I have for you, which is why it's so disappointing to hear you sound like some dumbass that don't know how the draft process works. This, okay. Listen, I know how the draft process works, which is why I'm confident. And then to ask me, which is why do I'm, I think he was the best player on their board? Which is why I'm confident in saying what I'm saying 
how I'm saying it, and I've got no regrets. I don't want to take fine. back. I don't want to take back a single thing you I don't said. Have to. I can say you more. Don't have to. It is so. It is so wrongheaded for the Patriots to do this because at 29, you sound like a, a random at, fan. At, not random. This like, is, you sound like somebody at, that would call into your old radio oh, show. Oh, fine, right now. fine. And, they, and guess what? If they said that today, props to them. They're making sense. Do you think Aiden Hutchinson was a top player on Detroit's board? I don't know. I don't. I don't know that. I know. You got jokes, but again, the joke is your commentary. It's so it's so poorly Come thought on, out, Michael. Poor, it's just it's I, honestly I don't I can't take even a stand. Say, I can't even take a stand. You know what? I, you know what? It, it, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I ain't, I'm not gonna let you pull me into it. Okay. Yes, I am. The, I'm gonna pull you. Into no, it. don't pull me into it because into I because I don't want I don't want to say something that's gonna hurt your feelings. No, no, go ahead. So, hey, listen, I, I'm I, don't, I don't hurt listen, your feelings. Listen, man, I don't want your, your feelings. I've been I've been married for 15 years. I got three no, kids. My feelings have been hurt. I don't worry. Many times. I've been in this business for a long time. I don't worry. I'll just I'll just tell you. Listen, I'll just say I go on Twitter. I get my feelings hurt all the time. Here's how I feel about the draft in general. If you have a player that you want that you covet that is high on your board, you take him no matter what every other organization in the league thinks about that player. So he's high on their board? The Patriots board, historically speaking, and my, my esteemed colleague knows this, <laughs> is oftentimes much different than the Rams board or the Packers board. Right. The Patriots don't draft according to mock drafts. My esteemed colleague has spent the last several weeks railing against the expectations, the false expectations that drafts set for fans. So, and I'm quoting, when the draft doesn't go the way you expect it, we call them reaches. And we say, what are they doing? Because nobody had Cole Strange from UT Chattanooga in their mock drafts. No, 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 so no. all of a sudden, but the team a... must have done something wrong because we didn't see it coming. Okay. Is he the best player on their board? A, I have no way of knowing. B, I'm going to assume they, they, that he is, but because if he wasn't, that's problematic. So yes. I'll, hey, here's a homework assignment. Right. Tap into your sources with the Patriots and come back and tell me if he, if he wasn't the best player on their board. Then you can tell me. I know he was And then I'll be like, no, you don't know. I, I you do think know that. You... I do know that. I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that he wasn't. I know that. I know that. I know that. I know. I just do know, you know what the definition of no means. As, as you said, as you said, again, you got to tell me who you I, talk listen, to. I, 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 it's not about talking to. I know how they do business. I know their yeah. grading system. I know how they grade offensive linemen. I know. I know. Okay. Okay. Fine. You know that you, he you was know, not. You know that he wasn't their top player. Okay. I'll. I'll. In, I'll entertain that. I'll, the government will stipulate. Do you know that he's not going to be a good player? I didn't Does say that. that. Matter? No, 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 no. That was a rhetorical question. No, no. That was, you didn't, I don't know You that. didn't say No, I did not say anything so about that it. that is my first problem it's with not, this. I didn't say he was a bad player. I said, I did, I, that's why I, I was very say, careful to say, say decision. You, I didn't say that you said that. I'm saying that my major problem with this, my major problem with your commentary, is that what if he ends up being good? Now, you could still speculate or guess that they could have gotten him later but hypothetically speaking just indulge me what if they couldn't have or didn't feel they couldn't have and didn't want to lose him and he turns out to be logan mankins then well, does that still make it a bad decision well, well well listen yes because you don't you have to look at what you could have gotten you have to look at everything that could have been, it's got to be in context it's not in a vacuum Cole Strange is not in a vacuum. So Cole Strange at 29 is part of the story. Look, I, I intentionally said 
it was a good trade with Kansas City, third and fourth round picks, because you've got the capital. If you're afraid of him, if you're afraid of losing him, and you're picking 54th in the second round, so it becomes a math game. I'm going to pick Cole, uh, uh, Cole Strange at 29. Can I survive 25 more slots? Well, I don't really have to survive 29 more slots because we think, because this is what draft, uh, this is what draft analysis is, you got to speculate. It's like playing the stock market. You, gotta, you don't know, but you're figuring it out. We think he's going to last through the night. If we don't take him at 29, we don't think he's going to go on Thursday night. You know what you're guessing so in baseball, now, no? But, but, but I'm saying, but this is how they do it in the draft room. No, they're, I, they're, I don't. They don't know anything either. They're guessing. No, they're guessing. no, no, no. no. Here's the difference between them and you. They're making informed guesses. I'll ask you again. Are you basing this on any information about what they could have, should have, or would have gotten? I'm basing this on. I like on, to live in facts. If you okay. want to base your entire thing on hypotheticals, be hypothet- my guess. It's not a hypothetical. No, it is. It's, it's not. You're saying it's what just, you could have gotten, what is, you could have done. How is, do you know they could have done is, that? How do I know they could have gotten something else? How do you know they because could have waited said, and taken him or traded down again? How do you know what happened? You've been in the draft room before. Yes, I have. Props for having been in the draft right. room. Were you in there last night? I was not there Did last night. Did you have a fly on the wall there last no. night? No. Then miss me with all this bullshit. No, no. Okay, whatever. Okay, well, then, I, you, don't, then you don't know what I'm talking about. I do know what I'm talking no, about. No, you don't. I know what I'm talking about. At 20, he was not going to go last night, Michael. He was not going to go. Just because, he wasn't going there, to go. Nobody was going to draft him last point. night. That's not so the now point you of got, the exercise. You've got 22 slots now after last night. So you've you, got 22 slots that you've got to hope that Cole Strange oh, you survives. You've got to hope. But you, also, but you also have capital where if you're not, you're not confident in those 22 slots, you can skip the line. Maybe you can get it up to 12 or 13. So- you okay. make it sound like you just know that they could have done this or they should have done this. Yeah, I'm just sorry. You're just making I, it all up. I'm not making it all up. I'm just, I'm just using. I'm I'll using ask my, you again. I'm just using my experience and my knowledge. I'm not going to make myself small for this conversation. I'm not asking you to make yourself small. I'm not going to pretend. I'm asking you not to talk out your ass. I, I'm not talking. For once. Uh, oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, this is all. I'll based, ask you again. This is all based on my experience. Right. This with, is based with la- on experience. With last night, not last night. Well, then, okay. The, but Michael, Michael, like, I'm sorry. Okay. I can't. All right. I can't. I can't dignify that. But, but you don't have I to. Can't, you I don't can't have dignify to dignify it. it but you're no, being, you asked me to dignify but, it when you when you suggested. But you're being. You, but you're being silly. You're I'm being, being silly. You're being silly. Do you think Woo. you are? Do you think <laughs> I'm being silly? Do you think um, <laughs> Akanwu was the best? Was a top player on Carolina's board? Like I mean, some stuff is just obvious, Michael. You don't have to have like. Hey, they're, hey man, they're, hey man. They're, they're, one guy picked that six. One team picked that twenty-nine. So the the best oh, the best player at twenty-nine okay. is different than the best so, player at six. So, okay, wait a minute. Newsflash. So, okay, okay, so we okay, right? It's much so easier we, to count the so, six than so, it's a twenty-nine. So wait a minute. Okay, so we got a breakthrough. And here. even then, we I haven't seen their board. Even though you weren't in there last night at six, you're willing. I'm saying it's so a much. Cutoff? I'm saying. Let me know what a cutoff is. Is it ten? Is hey, it 15? It's is a it 20? Much, it's a much shorter leap to 6 okay. than it is to 29. But you're comfortable saying it is and 6. And you also – no, I'm not comfortable saying anything. Okay. I'm saying that to get, assume Was that – Was Trayvon the, Walker the number one player on Jacksonville? Clearly. Because they had they picked okay. first. That's so how math how works. How do you know that? That's how, how math works. That? How do you know? Because that's how math how works. Know? So then, okay, we can do it at 1, but you can't do it you at just, 2. You being loud don't make you right, I, I, No, no, I'm being passionate. You being histrionic don't make you right. I'm passionate. I talk like this. You're passionately wrong. This is how I talk. You're passionately wrong. I'm not getting loud. I can get louder. You're passionately wrong. This is passion. It's, it's like you get dug in. Like, how many times you got to be, like, loud and wrong just it's with me? It's not loud and You've wrong. been so wrong. It's, even I, just, even, okay, your experience. In my experience with you over the last year, you have missed on so many things when it comes to the draft. Like the Pelicans? 
What have I missed on? Oh, you, uh, oh, oh, you want to change sports? What, what, what have I missed oh, on? you want to change sports? What have I missed on? Okay. I was so I told you earlier, I was so glad okay. that we have an all draft special. Yeah, like, so I only had to eat a small helping of pro when it came to when it came to the NBA. Like, wait, hey, who else okay. got eliminated? Wait, Pelicans, shout out to the Sixers, getting all rid right. of the Raptors. I was wrong about that. Okay. Uh and who, so, who else went out so, last night? But that's the, but who that's else the went point. out last night? That's the point. Utah. But oh yeah. All right. But thankfully but, this was a draft show today. But that but that's the <laughs> that's the point <laughs> of, <laughs> of these shows. You gotta give an opinion. Michael, I don't need you to tell me how to give an you opinion. Got to have an I've been opinion. giving them an opinion on national fucking television for the last 20 years. Now you ain't got to cuss about no, it. No, I'm either. just saying, but just don't say you got to give an opinion. You said just because I'm loud. Because your opinion is trash. No, don't suggest not. that I'm not no, giving an opinion. Don't. Here's you know another I'm thing. Right. I'm much better at giving an opinion than you are. Okay. okay? Oh, now, now, we got, so now, let's just, now we've let's gone just down this road. Let's now, just put that out now You the, have now to have an opinion. Now the gloves are My opinion don't have to be trash. I'm sorry if I don't want mine to be trash. Okay. Well, You can't even figure out who was the number one player on the board. Who else? How about the Giants? Who was number one on their board? You would go undrafted right now. You're mystery relevant as we speak, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome back to the NFL Draft Fan Experience live from Las Vegas. Yesterday I called it a, a, not only a fan festival but a family reunion. And, and Michael and I were just arguing like, like somebody uh, reneged at spades at the, at, the, at the family barbecue. I was just, I was at a family barbecue. You owe me money. You know, um, let's talk to somebody who knows what he's talking about. Because Eric Edholm wow. really did a fantastic job with the first round. This is great. I mean, even if he didn't get people in the exact right spots, like in the case of Evan Neal, he had him at five instead of seven, but to the right team. Okay. Yeah, Drake London going to the Falcons. Yeah, Drake London to the Falcons. Yeah, Gary Wilson to the Jets. And on and, and it goes on and on. Like, he really did a phenomenal job when it comes to the mock, these mock drafts. Even Chris Olave. Yeah, Chris Olave is 16 to the Saints, but they moved up to 11 to get him. Wow. You know, I mean, you can't factor in trades. But Eric yeah, at home really clearly was plugged in when it came to who teams were targeting. Where they got them, obviously things changed. But props on a really uh, accurate, uh, and that's tough to do and one of the most unpredictable drafts we've seen in recent memory. Having said all that, I'm not going to lead the witness with the one we just argued about. What was the one that even caught you by surprise, Eric? <laughs> so do I dare not go into uh, Cole Strange territory? <laughs> Boy, I don't know what I walked into, what kind of buzzsaw you guys had there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was probably the pick that wasn't made, Malik Willis. You know, I mean, I hadn't really it, – it's not as if people – around the league universally loved him or that every team had, you know, high grades on him. That almost certainly wasn't the case. Uh, but I still thought there was going to be a path to get him in the first round. Uh, if, if there was one of the two that I didn't know about, it was Kenny Pickett. I wasn't a hundred percent sure that the, the Steelers were going to, you know, pluck the guy who essentially is attached to their facility. I, I love the Tomlin quote. We went around the world and ended up back at home to get our <laughs> QB, but yeah, I just I think that was my probably my biggest surprise outside of uh, outside of UT Chattanooga. 
So uh, let, keep keep going on that. Just tell us yeah. about just tell us your analysis. I'm not going to get into it, but your analysis of of Cole Strange, the pick, and and just how it all unfolded for the Patriots. Going what an unfortunate 20- last name, by the way, for this circumstance. <laughs> yeah, Cole. Going, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel sorry for the kid. Going going from 21, the Patriots went from 21 to 29, and then they picked Strange. Yeah. Uh, just how did you see that whole thing unfolding? Yeah, I mean, the, the trade down was as predictable as anything, right? It just sort of felt like in a draft where, you know, a slew of prospects all kind of had similar grades or you felt like you could get the same value at 21 as you could at the bottom of round one. That part of it was was typical Patriots uh, uh, behavior right there. Now, Michael, I've read your book. I know all about the, the, the draft room ins and outs. And, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously a fascinating look behind the curtains there. As you know, they have a small draft board. You know, some teams go in with, you know, I, I, I remember one team told me that they had 98 players one year on their board. So, you know, I don't know what the number was in New England. I don't know if Cole Strange was the top guy available. I think once... Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson, I think Johnson was was definitely a guy they had to look at. Had all the same, you know, qualities that Strange did. He just played at a higher level after transferring from Davidson. I suspect they were just kind of locked in. All right, we got a, a, a starting guard who can one day play center. And, you know, there was only a handful of prospects left on the board total who fit that 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 mold. So yeah, I mean, that's my best guess on that. I, I think you could have had him at 54. But, again, you don't know that for sure. I think there were probably some teams that, you know, saw how we competed at the Senior Bowl and said, all right, we give him a chance in the middle of the second round. So it's all speculation. It's really hard. I, I've tried to call in and figure out from the, uh, the the college angle and also the NFL angle and haven't been able to get the details on that. Spinning it forward to tonight, uh, who do you love uh, that's still on the board. We were talking earlier, like round two, it has a negative connotation uh, to yeah. people who don't understand the, the the ins and outs of the draft. It really should be round 1B, given the yeah. caliber of talent. Like you mentioned, Malik Willis is still available. Who do you love most that's available tonight uh, in rounds two and three and really uh, throughout the rest of the weekend, some hidden gems? Yeah, I think well, my first, my top-rated player available is, is Andrew Booth. I had him as my 23rd of, uh, you know, best prospect. And, you know, obviously, Kyrie Elam and, and some of the other corners, uh, you know, went went above him and such. And it's not a stunner, right? I, I you know, if you told me on Thursday morning that he was going to slip into round two, okay, I guess I could see that. So, but he's a good prospect. I don't think he'll last more than five or six picks. My favorite player in terms of what I think they can do right away in the NFL is, is Brees Hall. I could see a team like the Texans being very interested in him. He's to me, like Jonathan Taylor light. And I don't say that lightly. I mean, I really have a high regard for Jonathan Taylor, one of my favorite backs to to scout. You know, not going to give you a ton in the receiving game, but he's extremely tough. He breaks tackles. He's got home run speed. So, Brees Hall, to me, I think could do a lot. And we mentioned Willis. Obviously, he and, and Desmond Ritter are probably the two quarterbacks that, you know, have the most appeal at this point. He, you know, Corral's got some questions. He's got talent. Sam Howell, you know, took maybe a step back last year in some regards. So, you know, among the quarterbacks, those are the big ones. I'll throw one more at you kind of back in, in uh, you know, where you guys are from. Travis Jones at UConn, uh, you know, playing on UConn, it, it must be tough, right? Because you get double teamed every single play. His tape this year was fine. It was okay. Second or third round tape, it was okay. 
but watching him down at the senior bowl really kind of changed my impression of him. I thought, okay, this this guy is is good. He was killing people down there, including your favorite uh, guard from UT Chattanooga. Really stressed him with power. <laughs> so I uh, have to mention that one. Hey, uh, there are a couple of teams, most notably the Packers, who have two second-round picks, but yeah. you know, Chiefs as well. They also win defense that did not address receiver, even though six went in the first 20. Can you tell us about the drop-off, if any, between the receivers who went in round one and those that are still available? Yeah, I think talent-wise, you know, the one who stands out is George Pickens. And, and he, you know, he comes with some questions. There was some immaturity early in his career. You know, he had the little water bottle incident against Tennessee, and he had the, the fight against Georgia Tech that cost him, you know, the first half of the SEC title game. He had the injury that sidelined him most of last year. You know, he's kind of the one, in my opinion, who stands out talent-wise. But, you know, teams have had to do their homework on him, make sure they're they're getting a good kid and that, you know, there isn't any other problem that they're, you know, going to have to face. And I think, you know, as long as you have a good, strong locker room, you, you've done your homework on him, you feel good about, you know, everything that's happened in the past. You know, I heard he wrote some letters to teams sort of explaining, you know, things that he'd done, little, you know, Look, if I had to explain myself as a 21-year-old, I'd be in deep trouble, right? I don't think I'd have a job right now. So, you know, it, it, I think there are some cases where, you know, a guy grows up. And I heard the, the rehab, too, kind of humbled him a little bit. And, you know, he fought back and got out there for, for the playoff game. So he's obviously fascinating. I still like, you know, players like Sky Moore from, from Western Michigan and uh, Christian Watson, the kid from ND, uh, North Dakota State. So... You know, there's some, some really interesting players that at that position, and I would guess that if the Packers and Chiefs feel good about Pickett's character, you know, we we could see them maybe dueling out for him, and and that's you know that's the kind of thing that you know we we expected maybe in round one with the trades of, of Tyreek and uh, uh, Devontae Adams. So I heard you refer to your ranking system. So do you? How far do you go in your rankings? You do you rank each of the prospects? You rank them, all of them in the draft? Yeah, and, and so obviously, I, you know, full disclosure, I can't watch 700 prospects. There's just no humanly way to do it but, you know, with, you know, everything else, the other duties I have. So I do lean on teams and some other, uh, you know, scouting sources that I have to say, you know, I, I'd like to fill out the draft so that we get more players than are actually drafted on my rankings here. So most definitely there are players that I haven't been able to watch or watch much of in some cases. So you know, it's unfortunately the nature of the beast, but I try to watch as many as I can. Cole Strange, I watched a couple uh, games of, you know, and he was my number, I think, 91 prospect overall. I was a little lower on him than some people, but yeah, you, you just try to get in as much as you can. You rely on on people who give you information that's that's trustworthy and, and do your best. And sometimes you try to call the schools too and, and get their opinions as well, because they're the ones who saw him every that's day impressive. in the facility. That's impressive. I, I like that. Let me ask you, uh, what do you think the Jets have? I'm fascinated with the Jets in their first round, uh, just all their moves. Love all three players that they picked. What do they do for an encore? If you're the Jets, what would you do next? Because you, you still have uh, another pick in the top 40. So what do you do? Yeah. Yeah, I think they could get an impact defensive player, maybe like a safety or perhaps a tackle. There's all these this talk about Makai Becton maybe – you know, not being in good graces with the team. They've sort of kind of said that George Fant may have a starting job. And so obviously there's concern there, right? They, they got to figure that part out. You can draft all the receivers you want in the world, but if you don't have the pass protection, you're, you know, your 202 pound quarterback's going to get, going to get his tail whipped. So 
I, I think that's those are two areas that I could see them addressing. But, you know, once Stingley went off at three, and I felt pretty good about that possibility, that's why I mocked it that way. My thinking was, if they want a top corner, they have to get him at four. They, they can't wait till 10. That's how it played out. Sauce Gardner in New York. How about Sauce and Thibodeau in New York? How great is that, right? Two big personalities, two big nicknames. I mean, I, I love it. So, but then for them to come yeah. back after missing out on Tyreek Hill, you get you get Wilson at, at 10. Sounds like they didn't make much of a, a reasonable offer for Debo. It, it sounds like they just said, why don't we just sit at 10 and get the player that we've been watching for months and really like? And I think that was a, a brilliant stroke. And then getting Jermaine Johnson too, just icing on the cake. Yeah. What a great, what a great Thursday night. It was a great Thursday night, but just given the nature of this beast mm-hmm. and given that all these guys aren't going to work out, they're going to be picks that don't pan out as much as we may love them based on projections and evaluations going into and coming out of the draft, which is why grading is so difficult right now. Right. The Jets track record suggests that it's like we talk about with Jacksonville, that, they, that they're going to mess it up. Mm. But <laughs> I'm, br- I'm bringing our show, this show today, full circle mm-hmm. because – there's a running theme in all the debates we've had today, Michael, whether it was agreeing on the credibility that the Ravens have, right? whether it was the Packers and being contenders year in and year out, whether that's because of Aaron Rodgers or the, the complete team-building approach that they have, or even the Patriots, who I understand your frustration because their draft record, especially lately, has been spotty. Right. And that's putting it kindly. Right. So I, that's, a, that's a long way of asking this question to you, Eric. Are there certain organizations, Baltimore, Kansas City, that you look at, and even if you do scratch your head at stuff that they do or don't do, you may default to, yeah, but they know what they're doing. Right. Yeah, it's hard not to have biases, right? And and obviously, we make contacts around the league, and, you know, you almost get to the point where you consider them friends in some cases, right? But at the end of the day, you have to judge every pick in a vacuum and say, you know, look, I, I realize that the Baltimore Ravens have a, a long history of success, but when they take, you know, this this second rounder that I don't like, I've got to call them out for it and, and risk uh, pissing off the people that I try to call for information, right? Uh, that's happened before. You know, oh, you didn't like that, huh? Okay, you know, but y- you have to do it. You <laughs> I really thought you were ha- a friend. <laughs> I know, yeah, I thought you were a guy, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and sometimes they'll freeze you out. That's that's the nature of the business. I've had it happen before. And, and look, I'm not going it, to. It's hard not to get into that. Well, Belichick knows what he's doing. Oh, you know, uh, Eric DaCosta following Ozzie knows what he's doing. Right. Um, but I do like certain teams approach. You know, it probably follows my, you know, like I love what the Bills do. I feel like their their draft record mm-hmm. in recent years has just gotten better and better. And, you know, there are some teams that just go against the green and you say, Okay, that's not what I would have done, yeah. but let's try to think. Yeah. Let me put myself in their head. Yeah. Hey, uh, last thing before we let you go. Yeah. And I'm praying that this comes to fruition. I saw your tweet about my favorite player in this draft. And okay. given that Michael and I were at each other's throats about Cole Strange from UT Chattanooga, <laughs> if you are correct and the Patriots take Matt Areza, <laughs> At 54. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. <laughs> Monday is going to be so much fun. <laughs> He'd be just only, trolling a us, A man right? can only dream. Oh, a yeah. man, oh, oh I think it would be a brilliant pick. I'm telling you. I, you know how much I guy, love the punt guy? I'm so tired of talking about this guy. I love the punt guy. 
I came I mean, here specifically. They were like, do y'all want to go to the draft? Yes. Do we get to talk about the punt god? I'm there. I am so right. in on this guy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> if you can, you can kick at 80 yards and directionally kick and you're lefty, uh, hey. big, you know, big tip right there. And you kick field goals. And you and kick you field goals. And, yes. And, right. Oh my he's God. made like teams, seven or eight right tackles there. the last couple of years. I mean, he's hit on plays like that. I mean, if there was ever a dream player, I'm just really sad he didn't well, go to Navy and play lacrosse in high school. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, hey, well, we got to ask this. Since we were talking about rankings, where's he ranked? Where do you have him ranked? I'm just this Good for question. Where do let you have him ranked? Can, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. I, I closed that tab. I'm All right. telling you. I, I think Cause, I cause, had him at like 109. Okay, that's right, a, I right take him in the third round. Fifty-four, then. I take 54, him in the third right. round because I'm afraid somebody's gonna get ahead of him. So yeah, I, I listen, take him early. You had a guy ranked 91st. They took him 29th. No problem. <laughs> right. You got him ranked 109th. 54. Absolutely. The math is mathing. They'll the do math. it. That's hey, it, Eric. We appreciate you, man. Really great job. Thank you so much. Just, uh, and again, I'm nice job. I'm just glad I can bring you together. I'm just glad I can make you guys happy again. That's all I came here for. Uh, <laughs> No doubt, man. Thanks thank so you, much. Thank you, Eric. Take See thank you. Uh, thank you for your mediation. <laughs> we got to send a check to you. <laughs> oh, if they take a razor. Oh, who? If they take, if they take Matt a razor? Oh, no, they can't. If, you take, they if, could. if they take Matt a razor, are you could. taking Monday off? But they could. But if they do it, are you? if they take him, no, no, are you taking Monday off? I'm <laughs> I'll be here. That would be so perfect. That would just uh, be, that would be like, huh? That would be better than when you said that Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback. That would be better. If they took matter. <laughs> that would, that would be. I, I'm serious. I seriously don't put it past him. I don't put it past him. The punt god. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Needless to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, the National Football League will be nothing without the contributions of historically black colleges and universities. And yet, in the last two years, a grand total of one player from an HBCU has been drafted. That's going to change this year, thanks to events like the HBCU Combine and the Legacy Bowl. Here to help us highlight some of the HBCU prospects who could hear their names called this weekend is our man Steve Weish. All right, Howard University's own Steve Weish here to give us a scouting report and a projection on some of these brothers. Let's start off with Will Adams, defensive back from Virginia State. What's the word on him? Yeah, Will Adams, a real good size, about a 6'1", 195-pound slot corner slot safety big hitter um probably a late round draft pick a day three pick if he gets drafted he'll be in someone's camp could end up being one of these uh, unrestricted free agents or undrafted free agents but a real cerebral player already got his electrical engineering degree guy so okay uh, someone who's very smart real physical player had a real good hbcu combine blew it off the charts had a real good week of practice at the legacy bowl so Real interesting prospects will be on somebody's camp. Man, that sounds great. That sounds great. How about, uh, tell me about Michael Badeo. I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Uh, edge guy from Texas Southern. What does he bring to the Yeah, Badejo is how he pronounced Bidejo. it. Started out at SMU. Um, real interesting players. Tested well. Good size. 
uh, a decent sack guy, probably be undrafted, but he'll be in someone's camp, a physical player, had a really good uh, legacy bowl practice week, pretty decent in the game. But again, he's got the Division One A pedigree starting at SMU before he transferred out. So he's someone teams have had an eye on for a while. Decent production, not superstar production, but someone who's absolutely going to be in somebody's camp. Okay. Uh, next up, we got Marquise Bell, DB out of Florida A&M, the Rattlers. Now, this is guy, this guy's going to get drafted. He will probably be drafted between the third and the sixth round. He is a safety okay kind of slot safety can cover the tight end guy he is a very valuable type of player who you can move again to man up on a tight end a physical player a big time talent got great size so he's someone whose name is going to be called at that podium and you know i know a lot of teams have really had their eyes on him because of the versatility and the size and the physicality so he is one of the elite players coming for one of these hbcu programs Defensive MVP at the Senior Bowl is that is, was that him? Uh, the Senior Bowl week, yeah, he was he was there. Marquise Bell, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to the old line. We see him there, uh, Jatire Carter from Southern. Southern, Baton Rouge. Southern U, yeah. Baton Rouge, another player who's going to get drafted. Big interior player, a guard. A lot of teams have brought him in for private for private workouts. Um, after all the combines, you see him there at the Senior Bowl. Had a very strong week matched up against top flight D1A competition. So, again, an interesting player, but teams really, really like him. His name will be called during the draft. All right. Uh, help me with the pronunciation. Make sure I got it right. Is this Deshaun or Deshaun Dixon uh, out of North yeah, Deshaun, defensive end? Yeah, Deshaun Dixon. Real interesting player. Mm -hmm. um, looks the part, right? We saw him at the Legacy Bowl. One of the dudes who gets off the bus like, NFL physique, NFL frame. Um, he likely will be drafted, probably fifth, fifth through the seventh round. Um, he's been working out postseason with Chuck Smith, you know, the sack trainer mm -hmm, guy who mm -hmm. on Miller and a bunch of players. Chuck has told me that this guy, athletically, work ethic, body-wise, has performed better in his postseason workouts and guys projected to go in the second round. So someone's going to find a gem in Deshaun Dixon Again, looks the part, got great size, incredibly physical, and has got a tremendous upside. So I'd expect him to get drafted again on day three, probably sixth or seventh round. All right, uh, Steve, tell us about the Kobe Durant, who uh, who comes from, I call it, for my old school hip-hop fans, that's EPMD University, South Carolina State. That's where Eric and Parrish were. So tell us that's about Durant. And look, he comes from the university that has put more players in the Pro Football Hall of Fame than Clemson and South Carolina combined. SC State, four Pro Hall of Famers. Darius Leonard currently the star of SC State. But to Kobe Durant, the MEAC Defensive Player of the Year, a feisty corner, right? He is undersized, but all these NFL personnel people I talk to, they love him. They love his tenacity. They love his ball skills. He could end up, along with Marquis Bell, as one of the highest players from an HBCU drafted. This guy's going to be a wow. steal again. Heart and tenacity. That's really what these teams like about it. Okay, I'm feeling that. All right, uh, let's go to the QB yeah. spot out of Alabama A&M, Akil Glass. Yes, and for years I mispronounced it until he finally checked me. It is actually Aquil Glass. Um, Aquil, okay. Two time, Aquil. The two-time 
Yep, a quill, two-time Black College Football Hall of Fame Player of the Year, dynamic talent, but it's weird. And speaking with him recently, he said his phone hasn't been ringing much, so he's not expected to get drafted. This is a huge mm. surprise. He's about a six-four, two hundred twenty-pound guy with a huge arm. Comes from a system, an RPO system, where he just didn't have to do a whole lot, but just athletic-wise, gifted-wise, he'll be in somebody's camp. I mean, he's going to get a shot just because, again, he's just that good and so dangerous, and he, and he tore teams apart that he played against. But just at this quarterback position, which isn't supposed to be that deep, um, you know, teams are projecting him to be an undrafted free agent, but he'll get a shot as, as you know, at somebody's camp. Yeah, I appreciate you, Steve, man. Like, you're willing to check us on our pronunciations. I'm going to need it here because what I want to say... No, 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 I've been checked. I've been checked. This is good. This is good. Um, I want to say Trey Gross, but it's probably Trey Gross. Oh, no, it's Gross? Okay, all right. Trey Gross, wide receiver from Delaware State. Yep, big-bodied guy. Um, Probably a seventh-round pick or an undrafted guy. Um, huge week at the HBCU Combine and the Legacy Bowl. Look at it. You see him, a big-bodied uh, guy. I mean, physically, just, you know, unreal. Played basketball at Delaware State. Incredible hops. Great 50-50 ball catcher. But he busted a 4-6 in the 40. Scare some teams off. But the thing that's helped him is he has played on every special team at Dell State. We know starters, regardless of the level, rarely play on special teams. Mm-hmm. That's how he's going to make an NFL roster. And that's what he says is, is really something he loves to do. And that attitude, again, is something that's going to kind of keep him in the NFL for years. All right, let's talk about uh, one of Primetime's guys, outside linebacker from Jackson State, James Houston. Beast, beast. He's had some really good postseason bowl work. Um, tested off the charts, got great size. Again, an edge player. Expect him to be drafted. Good against the run. Excellent speed. Okay, maybe not so much of the big pass rusher. He can drop in coverage, but he's someone that is expected to get drafted. Um, and again, playing for Dion, he got some of the exposure, so everybody has seen him. But just he continues to shine um, in his postseason testing and things like that. Well liked. So I'd expect him again to be a day three draft pick. Okay. Last but not least, Joshua Williams. He's a cornerback out of Fayetteville State. What's up with Joshua? Big-time player. Big-time player. Big-body corner. Um, really showed out at the Senior Bowl. One of four players from HBCUs to get invited to the big combine. He will be drafted. Look at the length on him in that picture you're showing right there. Good. A big physical corner. Could be drafted day two, more likely day three. Um, but mm. teams really love him. The way he contested some of the D1 talent, um, 1A talent at the Senior Bowl just had scouts going crazy. Um, again, one of four players invited to the Combine after years of one or no players from HBCUs getting invite, invited to the Combine. So that's yeah. a big step. And guys, you've also heard me say, you mentioned about four or five or six guys who are going to get drafted. Remember, over the past two years, only one yeah. player from an HBCU has been drafted. So this is going to be a big step, and that's a credit to these guys and their programs for getting ready. Well, also credit to you, Steve Weiss, and the work that you're doing, bringing awareness to these guys, much in the tradition of Hall of Famer Bill Nunn. You talked about the, the, the guys that's in the Hall of Fame through HBCUs, his all-star team yeah. back at the Pittsburgh Courier, encouraged teams and gave them the scouting reports, much like you're doing right now. 
for NFL Network. Before we let you go, man, you're joining us from the road. You are in Canton, Ohio. Tell the people What's why, up? man. This is a great, great family story. This is our, our nephew doing big things. Our nephew doing big things, Mike and Mike. Yep, my, uh, my youngest son, Jeremy, uh, getting ready to take a job with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We're up here moving him in right now. Uh, he interned there last year. You know, he's, he's, he knows how much I love it, all the work that I've done for the years for the network with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, of course, the Black College Football Hall of Fame is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So he's going to be doing uh, some stuff with that. So real proud, a real happy time for a happy dad, mom, uh, to be shepherding our son into his new career and his new life. Oh, man, that's fantastic. Man, that's I got to look enough. forward to one day. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you and, and, and you listen my aunt Cheryl lives right up the street. She if he likes ribs. She makes the best ribs in the entire state of Ohio. So this okay. is put that on his radar. Yeah, done done. Appreciate you guys, man. We appreciate you, man. Thanks for taking the time to do this and uh, bring awareness to these top 10 uh, HBCU prospects. And like you said, man, we should definitely see quite a few of them hear their name called. And if not, definitely be invited to some NFL camps because the NFL is not what it is without the contributions of HBCUs. Howard University's own Steve Weiss. Thank you, brother. We appreciate Steve it. Steve Weiss, great job, All man. Right, Thank you. Appreciate you. Be good. All right, Steve Weiss giving us the information about HBCU players. We'll see if any are drafted tonight. We're going to wrap up. BFA from Vegas. You know, they always say about Vegas, what happens here stays here. So y'all don't need to keep in mind that I gave Michael Smith those hands in Vegas. All right. We won't bring that up on Monday. Gave him hands like Sugar Ray once gave to Marvin Hagler right here down the street. All right. Welcome back. Hey, I'm just so excited. I'm so excited. I'm over here. Yeah, I'm over here. Uh, I'm so excited. Um, you know, Michael Smith had to catch a plane. So I'm going to land this plane here for Brother from Another Purposes. The draft resumes tonight. We were here yesterday, did the show today. What a blessing it is for us to be here. We love the draft. As Michael said to you yesterday, it means a lot for our relationship. Don't worry, our relationship is still intact. I've had lots of arguments with Michael Smith. I've, uh, you know, I've gone at it with him many times over the years, and we're going to be fine. All right, so don't worry. Anybody who's worried, don't worry. I've seen some tweets out there. They're pretty hilarious. It's good. But I really, in all seriousness, I want to take the time to thank you all for rolling with us, um, supporting us, tuning in, and checking out our draft coverage. Thanks to the on-site team here in Las Vegas. They've done a wonderful job yesterday. They saved our lives. There was a wind tunnel here yesterday, wind traveling at 60 miles per hour, and we were almost knocked out. So thank you to the on-site team. Thank you to our, our team back in Stanford and D.C., Chica and Gary and Wyatt and the entire team. We'll see you guys on Monday. Enjoy the draft. See you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.